Yeah, we operate and live in a world of uh, many things, of a world we see and hear, operate through. Some of it's uh, directly accessible, some of it's what we hear about in other places, um, what's happening in other parts of the world, and that can have profound effects on us. Some of it's about what's happening pretty much right now, quite a bit about our experiences, about what we anticipate or expect to happen or are aiming for. And then there's also the world of the past, what we remember, what we bring with us. So there's a multidimensional reality of, of time and place. And within that, we experience ourself, me, moving around in that, yeah. trying to organize it, make it comfortable, enjoy ourselves, and so forth. Uh, move around in that. Uh, and as we move around that, we also have this sense we're not exactly separate from this world of time and place because it keeps affecting us, we're definitely in it. At the same time, we can't not really cl totally connected to it either because it, it keeps changing and uh, um, we can't really find a place in it. It's always slipping away and shifting and changing and not going the way we want it to, as <laughs> you noticed. So it's, you're living in a discordant, an elusive reality. It's changing, it's shifting, it, it's, um, it's not under one's control, it doesn't go the way one wants it to. And this, uh, this effect of being in this particular reality brings up, uh, we try to work a bit harder to get on top of it, or make it work, so we push a bit harder, um, get very stressful like that trying to get it all sorted out to get it more stable because if it's more stable then I feel I can relax I feel more comfortable but it doesn't get very stable no matter what you do you notice somebody's got sick that's changed uh, government's changed something else the weather's changed something's broken down I don't feel, my body doesn't feel so good today. So it's all just, doesn't get that stable. So we try to, how do you, how do you steer in all this? Uh, and so one can either have a lot of strategies of what to do and how to make it work. You can put pressure on things to, you know, and you can perhaps even try to ignore certain features of it that you don't, you can't manage, you know news and I just can't deal with that and so he's tried just to try and stay sort of steady you know and un uncluttered with the problems of this world time place yeah it's what we have to keep returning to you know for our you know, well, this is where I live this is my livelihood this is where my people are you know 
my relatives, my friends, were in this. So in this experience, it's poignant, this suffering and stress, because it's, it is uncertain and unstable, and there's a sense of separation within that, separation from the love, and association with the disliked arising. And the average person, the untrained person, is trying to, you know, find themselves either irritated or despairing or saddened by the world of time and place, or feeling inadequate, they can't manage it. Something wrong with them, they get overwhelmed with difficult emotions and feelings, they can't cope. So it's generally get this kind of self-criticism going on or feeling of despond, can't make it. So of course the average person, well, you know, have some fun or something or just enjoy yourself in this world, got some pleasure in all that, make it make the difficult bits go away or to compensate for the difficult bits. So we start eat something, drink something, look at something. This is what we do. And uh, it sort of helps to, you know, give a little bit of comfort. But not that much. (laughs) Not that much. So the radical practice of Dhamma is offered as a, as, a, as a solution, a solvent for this experience. Saying, well, this, this reality of time and place that, and the person who's in it is actually not, not, not a true reality. It's called a conditioned reality. Dependent upon, dependent upon the mind interpreting, the mind's interpretations, or these are reflex interpretations. We kind of we don't necessarily decide that they are reflex interpretations. We we interpret there will be a future, and. That's maybe, but you, what you put in the future very much depends upon what state of mind is occurring. And if you're eager, anticipating, nervous, pressurised, because in the future there is something that haunts me or worries me or challenges me or excites me or interests me. But if it's in the future... How can it affect you? It hasn't happened yet. Hmm. Do you notice that? How can it affect you? If it, this is something to, to... So it's not in the future, is it? If it's affecting you now, it's not in the future. So just something like that, you begin to recognise, oh, the future is created by my eagerness 
or anxiety or doubt or worry. And then it projects. And as it projects, this imagined future, the mind starts getting very busy. This is called papancha. Papancha is the Buddhist word for it, proliferation. And uh, the wise one says, this is just proliferation. You don't know the future, but you do know anxiety. Hmm. Why don't you try to meet that? Work with that. And similarly, the uh, situation is with other people. Uh, by and large, the problems that uh, people face are a good amount of them just their relationships with other people. They're worried about them, or they feel obligated, they can't manage, they're irritated, they feel the other person is bossing them around or and so it's very strong sense of this this other person but if it's another person it really is another person not you but somebody else how do you you know them what do you know how can you know what's happening you don't know the person you know how it affects you don't you you know yourself being affected by another person, disappointed or happy or worried. And you know also that you want another person to be agreeable. You expect them, you want them to be agreeable. So does a lot of it, not to say there's nobody there, but what you're experiencing is your mental and emotional configurations right now when we try to deal with another person wouldn't it be more appropriate to deal with these emotional configurations first of all so there's just clear openness that be actually more in line with truth And particularly when um, you find that other people are there when, when they're physically not there, but you're sitting in your room and you're always mental. It's just the mind is just creating. People you wish you were with, people you wish you weren't with, people you have problems with, mind is creating it now, isn't it? So all those people... The ones that really affect you, that being affected is not somebody else, it's, it's your own heart doing that, isn't it? Mm. And, and of course, all this reality of time and place, which we begin to recognize, is actually seems to be considered, a lot of it seems to be made up of my moods, emotions and interpretations. 
even more significantly, the one who's in it. Who's that? Who am I? Hmm? Who am I? Isn't that more of the same sense of uncertainty or emotional drives and interests and concerns? And could those also be addressed as this is not you, this is what your heart is doing and do you need to keep doing it? You know, if you say your you know, fundamental reality is, if you like, you're here, isn't it? You, you're, there's something here, you, you can't say you don't exist, so you're here already, you don't need to have a whole kind of story going to prove you're here <laughs> because you already are here. That's the fundamental reality, isn't it? You're, you're here. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to know anything or sense anything. Something's here already. So you don't need to create a whole kind of identity, picture or story. In fact, that's, that's not true. That's, uh, that's just changing images. but with a certain emotional power to them, to, you know, I am inadequate, I am busy, I am, you know, nobody likes me, I'm not this or the other. So these are all signs, signs that direct, that generate the self, signs that generate other people, signs that generate the world, signs that generate the future, the past. I'm not saying there's nobody else, but what they are is not your emotional configurations. It's called atamayata. Whatever is, it's other than what your mind makes of it. Now, the average person is not only trying to figure the future and the world around them, they're also trying to work out how they are. And this is often by measuring themselves in terms of, you know, the world or particularly other people. Am I the same as her? Does she like me? Am I better than her? What, is, what does he think of me? Uh, they don't seem to think very highly of me. They never give me any kind of recognition. Uh, so, you know, they never, never say thank you at all. Am I just, perhaps I don't do very well. We're establishing ourselves dependent on how we interpret other people's actions or non-actions, and comparing ourselves with others. And this can get very intense. And once that's established, that kind of mood, your mind can generally find 
particular signs that will confirm it. The way she looked at me, the fact he didn't send me a Christmas card proves it. They didn't say thank you. Obviously, they you know, don't think I'm worth very much. They never, they never, you know, this kind of thing. And so one gets, the jitter gets, heart gets caught up in all that. Now, it's not there's nobody there, but how compulsive is that? That sense of self portrayal, identification, and how uncomfortable is that? And how necessary is that? As it is uncomfortable, it's also unnecessary. Most of the uh, problems are unnecessary. They're just we create, or the jit, the confused mind, taking these uh, signs to represent realities, gets very busy coping with problems and stress that occur on account of doing that. Yeah, if I really have a belief that they are that way, then I've got to think, okay, really are, you know, what do I do about that? You know? And so you get very busy doing that. Mm. And notice also, is it possible just to, to, to not know? Because if the mind is settled, calmed, clear, then that's the best condition, best state to be able to meet people, relate to people, and the best place we, we can be in ourselves, isn't it? Where we're most stable and open. And this is called signless, because certainly there's here, and certainly there's things manifesting, but we don't have these fixed signs, fixed reactions, fixed patterns of interpretation. Instead, the mind can be held with mindfulness, calming, steady and with goodwill, kindness and compassion and equanimity and this is the basis of um, proper, proper relationship, proper being. It's called codependent arising. This is the fundamental Buddha's understanding of this uh, reality, the conditional reality. It's codependently arising. It's not made of fixed things. It's actually a, a relationship where you know qualities of mind are generating 
self and other. Self and other dependently arise upon particular qualities of mind, such as warmth, uh, fear, uh, anxiety, um, gladness, care, irritation. And the, the unawakened mind misses the qualities or assumes, takes the reality to be people and myself without understanding what is the basis, what's the mood, what's the mental state that's generating that. So my feeling or the feeling of inadequacy generates people who are more competent than I am and so forth. So this is always changing, shifting around and it's triggered uh, because people are, people are many things. As you, their behaviours are changing so sometimes it's really agreeable and wonderful and sometimes confusing and irritating and you know and it's it's happening in the relational experience. But none of it's actually a fixed person. These are just qualities that arise, dependently arise. And then one's mind tends to establish that as truth about him or her or establish it as truth about oneself. And the liberation is to see this is just the sense of the irritation or disappointment. How do you how do you relate to that? How do you meet that? How do you open your heart to that? Relax that. So the sign dissolves. And it's just clarity. And clarity then skillful dhammas can naturally arise because the mind is not pressurized. This is the understanding that comes from meditation, direct practice. So you can check it out for yourself. When you you sit quietly, there's, there's no future. You don't need a future when you sit in meditation. You don't need to make something happen. You're sitting quietly on your own. You don't don't have to have other people jumping up and down in your mind or the events of yesterday this is a good occasion to start to check out the reality of this experience and and come to terms and meet these qualities mental qualities, emotional qualities, heart qualities that's bringing it up and this is how we uh, begin to notice the fundamental um, obstructions of, of our own citta. So you notice the fearfulness or the impatience or the um, mistrusts that arise. Mm. You practice rather than making those yourself, making those yourself or a true picture of yourself 
practice from a place of stability with the understanding of changeable dependently arising qualities and with a mind of goodwill we just bring that mind to bear upon uh, tangles don't have to even it's not you're a tangled person this is the residues this is the karmic residues that we that arise and they're giving us an indication of uh, how our world is created but it can create a world or it can be directly practiced with so the world in one's heart disappears, shifts and changes Certainly meditation is really essential for that. But also engagement. Yeah. Just meditation alone isn't enough because you need to be in situations that bring up these tendencies. These are called latent tendencies, if you like. They're dormant in the, in the heart. And it's when you come into to real life situations it's then you know when you're not you know being able to control one's environment latent tendencies can arise and then we gives us this is what you'd have to deal with so there's a lot of skill in an understanding in the value of of engaged life in order to reveal one's tendencies and so they can be cleared out understood and we also use our engaged life to develop the strengths and the resilience that transform our world qualities of faith qualities of clarity qualities of goodwill that begin to affect this relational experience that we live within so this is the understanding of the dependent arising of suffering and stress the dependent ceasing of suffering and stress the dependent arising of uh, skillful dhammas and their fruition and their efficacy at clearing our hindrances so it's good to bear this in mind and when we experience these four realities future, past, self, other not quite so should be our understanding it's not there's no future but the one we imagine isn't quite that it's not there's nobody else, but the one we imagine, not quite that. It's not there's nobody here, but the one I think I am, not quite true. It's not that we didn't we didn't have a past, but the past I remember is not really that way. <laughs>
this leaves us in this fresh mystery of life, open, clear, inquiring. So for this for your reflection this evening, take a few moments to um, allow any of these to sink in and check it out. What's this face on the screen? <laughs> Are we called Ajahn <laughs> What's that? 